Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's award-winning Sunday 7, we ask what Rishi is eating. We discover the amazing story behind the TikTok twins. We check in on Elon's Neuralink and bid a fond farewell to NASA's Mars helicopter. But first, on this day in 2010, NASA released incredibly detailed photos of the dwarf planet Pluto, constructed from images taken by the Hubble telescope. They showed an icy world with a mysterious bright spot, which appears to be carbon monoxide frost. The whole process took four years and 20 computers running in parallel. We start this week with an unusual revelation from the Prime Minister. I know what you're thinking. In the time of Boris, it would well be that he'd taken up ballet or accidentally killed and eaten one of the Queen's swans. But we're dealing with Rishi Sunak now and the level of unusual has come down a few notches. You may remember his revelation when he was Chancellor. I'm a coke addict. A total coke addict. Coca-Cola addict. This time Rishi's shock revelation is that he fasts for 36 hours from Sunday night to Tuesday morning every week. I wish I was as disciplined as has been reported, first first thing to say. So like all of us, I start the week with the best of intentions and then you, you, know, you hit contact with reality at some point. Now, I try on a Monday after an indulgent weekend to try and have a day of not totally nothing, but largely nothing. Yes. And then pick it back up. Do you have the odd nut? I do have the odd nut, exactly, that kind of thing. But I think my my problem is I love sugary things. Mm. So I eat a lot of sugary pastries and all the rest of it the rest of the week. And I like my food. I don't exercise as much as I used to because of the job. So that is the thing. you like a little reset? So the little reset at the beginning of the week, little detox. If he's heading into cabinet meetings hungry, it may explain a lot. And it certainly does sound like disordered eating. So is the PM's 36-hour fast a scientifically advisable idea or not? Dietitian and nutritionist Nicole Barbarian Alabaster says a diet of water and black coffee doesn't really have science on its side. It might have some benefit for the way the biological pathways work with regulating them and possibly making them work better. But comparing it to somebody who's on a really good pattern of eating, there's going to be very little difference in the long term. And speaking to Radio 4's Women's Hour, Dr. Saira Hamid, a consultant in endocrinology and diabetes at Imperial College, says before we all start the Sunak starvation plan, it's important to remember men and women do have very different metabolisms. The menstrual cycle uh, involves sort of waxing and waning of hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and they both impact on appetite. That's uh, We do know that. So estrogen levels can have a suppressive effect on appetite. Conversely, progesterone, which rises towards the end of the cycle, can have the opposite effect. So, so women will be approaching fasting in a slightly different way because of the cyclical impact of their hormones. Men's testosterone levels are, don't have that same sort of cyclical rise and fall. This can be a revelation for some women that actually if I compartmentalize my hours, so if I have this period when I'm eating and this period when I'm not eating, that just gives a structure to the way I approach food that just suddenly makes everything a bit clearer.
This week, the tech world has been buzzing as the new Apple Vision Pro finally launched in the States. There's still no UK date as yet, though. We've seen breathless reviews from tech correspondents with the New York Times describing it as a marvel. But as the US price is almost $4,000, it's hard to see how many people will be rushing to buy one. We're fortunate that the Smart 7's tech guru, Will Guide, is about to get his hands on one and he joins us now. So, Will, let's talk Vision Pro. It's not an exaggeration to say that the technology on offer in this device is actually next generational. But when you consider buying one right now, it would cost you around 3,100 quid. And that's before you've flown to the US to get it. That shouldn't really come as much of a surprise. But what's different to the other devices that do this kind of stuff already is that there's a big leap ahead, not just in the quality of visuals, but in the definition on screen. Um, I've spent hours and hours in other VR headsets and augmented reality headsets, and I feel sick after about 15 minutes now the screens and the resolution and the quality of the screens means you don't feel the same in this headset despite the fact it still feels way too heavy um, it's also launched with 600 apps on day one which is way ahead of anything else that's ever been in this space before explain what exactly it does well, i'm going to call it a wearable computer which i know is a cheesy phrase but if you can stomach the heaviness of this first generation vision pro you can pretty much do anything that you do with your laptop or smartphone Randomly, not Netflix though, because they haven't launched an app on the service and nobody really knows why. You can watch films at the moment in 3D via Disney Plus or Apple's TV app and it feels much less of a gimmick than it did when it was forced on us by TV makers more than a decade ago. You can video chat on Vision Pro too and the avatars are nothing like those awful legless ones that Zuckerberg tried to hoist on us when he was pushing the metaverse. Apple even claims you can use the Vision Pro to turn your room into a massive monitor for your Mac computer, but I found that bit rather overwhelming. It's not likely though that people are going to wear this on the Tube or Camden High Street though, is it? I definitely wouldn't be rocking a $3,500 headset walking around the streets in public, but I do remember glassholes wearing Google Glass around San Francisco just after they launched, and they were a fraction of the size. That said, you can guarantee that Apple will already be working on ironing out all the kinks and making a smaller and easier to use version 2, and the reality is they're probably already working on version 3. And we love Elon here on the Sunday 7, but he's had a bit of a mixed week. We'll be talking later about his Neuralink trials, but he got some pretty bad news from HR at Tesla. Is that right, Will? Whatever your view on Elon Musk, he definitely achieves more by breakfast than I do in a year. This year, a judge in the state of Delaware, where Tesla's based, called his $56 billion pay deal unfathomable. The case was bought by a Tesla shareholder who claimed Musk was overcompensated in this deal that was supposed to pay him over the next 10 years. Despite overperforming on the measures agreed with the Tesla board to receive his dosh, the judge felt that Tesla did not properly communicate this whopping pay packet to shareholders, suggesting that more would have likely rejected it if they knew about it. Good job I work for biscuits and hugs. Still to come on the Sunday 7, Elon gets into our brains and we meet some TikTok twins. We mentioned it's been a big week for Elon Musk, but apart from his $55 billion bonus going missing, he did have good news on one of his many other projects. That's the intriguing Neuralink, where a chip about the size of a coin is implanted in your brain and creates a brain-computer interface. Then this is the alarming part. Using Bluetooth, it would enable you to control devices by simply thinking commands at them. The product is known as telepathy, but it's only the first step in a much, much grander plan, as Elon explained back in 2019. This, um, I think, has a very good purpose, uh, which is to cure important diseases and ultimately to help secure humanity's future 
as a civilization. The long-term plan is to implant the chip in the part of the brain that controls motor function, which could help those with neurological disorders. This week saw the announcement that the first chip had been implanted in a human subject, and Dr. Leah Kroll, who is an assistant professor in neurology at Temple University, explains what happens next. The way this works is that Neuralink has designed a device that works like an electrode or a specialized sensor, and that device is implanted into the brain of someone who is neurologically impaired. And what that device does is it reads the electrical signals that our brain cells are sending each other constantly, and ultimately those signals are translated into action outside of the body. So in the case of Neuralink, those signals are being translated into the ability to control a computer or a phone. I mean, listen, I I, I need more information we're, we're starting with the first human clinical trial here for Neuralink, so I can't say for sure that the benefits definitely outweigh the risks for everyone. Um, but what I can tell you is that when somebody loses a neurologic function for whatever reason, the idea that we would be able to give it back to them is so huge, so groundbreaking and so meaningful. Um, it's hard to imagine you know, anything more beneficial for those patients. I, I truly cannot express um, how much it would mean to them. And, and so I'm really rooting for this and I think all neurologists are. The trial process may take years and has to factor in issues like what if the Bluetooth inevitably fails to sync or how would the system cope if someone attempted to hack it? Neuroscientist Professor Anil Seth of the University of Sussex is unconvinced by the whole project and Elon's role in it. For this latest project, they did get approval from the US Food and Drug Administration last year and, and there's no evidence of any of any misconduct. But the whole kind of Musk ethos of build things and, and break them and just do everything really quickly. That is for me a little bit worrying when we're talking about something that intervenes in in the human brain. We don't we really don't want the equivalent of the kind of rapid unscheduled disassembly that he said <laughs> happened when one of his rockets exploded. I don't want that happening inside my head. Thank you very much. TikTok has many uses, but reuniting long-lost identical twins was not one you might expect. Georgian twins Amy and Anna were separated at birth and sold to different adoptive families. Their biological mother was told they had died during childbirth and the girls were not aware that they were twins, living 200 miles apart in the Eastern European country. Then, through the power of television initially and then social media, they became aware of each other's existence, as Amy explained to Radio 4's Women's Hour. First, I saw her in Georgia's Got Talent. She was dancing and I was also a dancer, but I wasn't in Georgia's Got Talent. So that was the first time I met her, like virtually. I had uh, feelings, I had thoughts that I was adopted, but not for sure. So I didn't question it at all. So it was just my thoughts that she was someone who was, uh, you know, like me. I got a piercing on my eyebrow uh, and the piercer posted it on uh, TikTok, I guess. Uh, and she saw that video and then we, yeah, connected. When you're thinking about this for years, uh, it's not new, but yeah, kind of crazy. This story has gone viral, but it's also highlighted a pretty grim era in Georgia where thousands of children were taken from their parents and sold. The parents were told the children died during childbirth and it's only now emerging how widespread the practice was. Georgian journalist Tamuna Muzrid says the black market in children went on for decades and she set up a Facebook group to help reunite families and find her own. I am helping parents 
to find their children who were stolen and sold by the Georgian doctors. I get messages every day with new leads. They are from all over Georgia and even people based abroad. I have uh, reunited hundreds of families and I cannot find my biological parents, but I will. I'm sure I will. I will find them. Still to come this Sunday 7, we say so long to the Mars helicopter and ask if anyone wants a blood lolly. Right after this. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome back. NASA held an unusual live stream this week to honour a piece of equipment. No, not the microwave in the break room, but the Mars helicopter, which over 72 missions managed to deliver extraordinary and historic flights on another planet. The helicopter was named Ingenuity, and it hitchhiked its way to Mars with the Perseverance rover back in 2021. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson was among those paying tribute to the plucky little four-pound chopper. It is bittersweet that I must announce that Ingenuity, the little helicopter that could, and it kept saying, I think I can, I think I can. Well, it is now taking its last flight on Mars. Nikki Fox is an Associate Administrator for Science at NASA and she says Ingenuity will have a lasting impact. Well, I think the fact that, you know, it flew way further and way higher um, than uh, than we actually thought it would be able to do, but it, it gave us just a, a different view. Obviously, we've got the incredible Mars rovers uh, that are driving around the planet and, and sending us, you know, I, I like to call it like the daily postcard uh, that we get whenever Perseverance sends us back an amazing image. But, you know, Ingenuity just gave us a very different perspective and it literally is like, you know, imagine taking a helicopter ride over your house. It looks completely different if you drive past it um, from the street. So it just gave us a very, very different view. It actually was scouting out for the Perseverance rover. So Ingenuity could fly out and look at the area that we were then going to send Perseverance into to to take the samples. This week has seen some alarming projections from the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer. They're projecting that new cancer cases will rise by 77% to more than 35 million in 2050. That's a dramatic jump, with 2022 having just 20 million cases and 9.7 million deaths. And the change is expected to be driven by tobacco, alcohol, obesity and environmental pollution. The NHS has also been warning of a dramatic increase in the UK's bowel cancer rates, particularly in younger age groups like 25 to 49-year-olds. The projections suggest that there could be a 26% rise in bowel cancer amongst men and up to 39% rise amongst women. There have been calls to begin screening programmes earlier and the NHS doctor and co-chair of the Young Medical Women International Association Sonia Adesara says bad habits are the root of the problem. I think this is really worrying that despite all the advancements that we've had in modern medicine, we're seeing people at a younger age 
get illnesses, get conditions and get cancers at a younger age as well. Um, and it's because as a population, we are becoming more, more unhealthy. People are more likely to be overweight or obese. Um, this story also relates to people drinking more alcohol, more likely to be less active. So all of these things, we are more unhealthy as a population. And as a result, people are getting sicknesses and conditions at a younger age. While the UK alternately shifts from the cold or shelters from the storms, things are quite different in the Southern Hemisphere. Santiago, Chile is in the middle of a summer heatwave where they've come up with a clever way to help cool the animals in the Santiago Zoo. I can't see it catching on, it sprinkles gelato, but the animals seem to love these innovative icy treats as zookeeper Alberta Dorart explains. We give them popsicles with fruit, blood or meat on the ice. Frozen bones are also given to the animals to lick as well to cool off. We are trying to ensure that the animals cope as well as possible with the heatwave that has been so prolonged, intense, and unusual in our country. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. 